Welcome to the Mom on Purpose podcast. I'm Laura Johnson, and I'm here to teach you how to get out of your funk, be in a better mood, play more with your kids, manage your home better, get your to-do list done, and live your life on purpose. With my proven method, this is possible for you, and I'll show you how. You're not alone anymore. We're in this together. Welcome to another episode of the Mom on Purpose podcast. And I was thinking about this um, as I was writing the outline for this podcast, and I wanted to tell you that I love you. I know that sounds super cheesy, but every week that I get to talk to you, I get really giddy (laughs) and I'm like in the best mood after I record a podcast because I feel like I'm welcoming you into my home and into my life. And I truly do feel like it's an honor to talk to you where I feel like we're two girls sitting on the couch, just like gabbing away about whatever is on our heart and our on, on our mind. And so I really hope that you feel that too, um, as we talk on this podcast, um, and I know you're not here in person with me, but I feel of your presence again, as cheesy as that sounds. I was talking with a client the other day and I was asking her if she would want to be (laughs) stranded on a desert Island with her children. (laughs) And aside from the fact that we all love our kids, okay, I'm not saying that. But it was a definite no. (laughs) You know, honestly, it would be a no for me too. (laughs) Nothing about that sounds enjoyable. But in the society that we have, that's often what it feels like is that within the walls of our home, it's almost like a deserted island. And that's really challenging because then motherhood can feel so lonely. The challenges that you're going through can feel so lonely. So that's one thing that I hope that you benefit from this podcast is that you don't feel so alone and that you know that I'm in the trenches right there with you. One of the things that I I did want to ask you is if you could do me a favor um, so that other moms don't feel so alone and that's send this podcast to somebody that you know, somebody that that maybe you've interacted with, maybe it is a friend, maybe it's a sister, send it to them because chances are, if you haven't talked about it, they probably feel alone too. And this is one way that you can kind of start that conversation and really be each other's support, but also she can find support through this podcast. And if you are willing to rate and review this podcast, that's how other moms are able to find it and to also come into our community, our mom on purpose community, so that they can feel that connection too. So today uh, I'm excited about this episode because it is something that I have heard at least five times in the last week. And that's, I want to be more present. (laughs) I have heard this um, in many different capacities. I'll tell you about that in a second, but it's something that I coach on all the time. So you'll know this episode is for you um, if you've ever said that phrase. (laughs) I know that seems so simple, but if you really have said, I want to be more present, or if you have thought that, um, also you'll know this episode is for you is if you feel bad that your mind is wandering when you're with loved ones, either your kids, your partner, um, if you're, uh, you know, in your church community and your brain is somewhere else, this episode is for you. 
You'll also know that this episode is for you is if you have a hard time turning your brain off, either you're laying in bed at night, it's pillow talk with your husband. Uh, maybe you are trying to write an email to your kid's teacher or say your prayers. And it's like, your mind is on a different planet. Also, if you kind of forgot who you were before you had kids and it just seems like a distant memory of whoever that person was. And then the last thing is if you've ever felt guilty uh, and you think that you will feel less guilty once you just master being present with the people that you love. So I wanted to start with just a couple examples of where I have heard this phrase just in the last week. The first, I had a consultation, an amazing person, and this person said that they want to be more present uh, because they thought they would have a better relationship with their child if they could just be more present. And so the way that, um, that she worded it was very laced with a lot of shame that she is doing it wrong. And that if she just did this one thing better, then her relationship would improve. I also had another client say, I want to be more present because she thought if she was more present, then her and her spouse would get along better and that they would feel more connected and more intimate and be able to spend more time, uh, in that, uh, in that way, um, that very connected way. I had another client say that she wanted to be more present because she wanted to be a better friend and she didn't feel like she could be a good friend because her mind kept wandering off. Uh, I had a, I saw this in a Facebook post where somebody said, I want to be more present because then they could check the box of being a good mom. Now they didn't come out and say that, but it was very laced with guilt on like my kids deserve better. My kids deserve more of me. So that's usually the, the common pattern is that when we say, I want to be more present, what we're doing is we're discrediting, discrediting everything that we are doing. And it puts us in this, uh, this framework of nothing I'm doing is enough. It's not good enough. And I have to do more, be more, um, and be fully engaged every moment of every time that we're with whoever this person is, we want to be more present with. And when you really step back, I want you to ask yourself, why are you not present? Now really just spend time with this question for just a second. A lot of people will find that they'll have some kind of excuse on because there's a lot going on. It's really stressful. I'm bored with my kids. I am thinking about dinner. They'll have all these other circumstances that they're thinking about. But I want you just to set that aside for a second and really think about this. Why does your mind wander? Simple solution or simple answer to that. It's because you have a brain, a human brain, and that's why your mind wanders. Okay? So yes, there are circumstances that you may think about, but in the end, the reason why your mind wanders is because you are human. And that is what brains do. So if you think about this on kind of a higher level, there are 
books and podcasts and trainings and monks that are living in the middle of nowhere with their sole purpose of learning how to be more present. And guess what? They've yet to achieve perfection and they've dedicated their whole lives to it. But yet you're telling yourself that you're not good enough because you're not being present all the time. So do you see how there's like this, there's like vagueness around being present. And it's almost like this love hate relationship that we all have with it. So when you think about like the love part, like it feels very loving to say, I want to be more present with my kids. (laughs) We all say that, like we think we're saying it uh, from this place of love. When in reality, it's coming from this very vague sense of like, I have to be perfect. That's really the underlying thing. My kids deserve perfection from me. That's And that's just not reasonable. That's never going to happen. And on top of that, when you're focusing on, I want to be more present, it implies that every time that you're not, you're moving away from your goal. You are therefore making a mistake and your kids don't deserve mistakes of your brain. <laughs> like it sounds it sounds silly, right, to put it in those terms. But that's really what's happening. And so when we get to these phrases and I see this all the time when I'm coaching my clients is they will say some phrase like this that is so unbelievably vague and they will hold themselves to this vague standard that they can't even define for themselves. And so for our brain, it's like, yeah, it sounds really loving, but we also hate it because we can't determine when we've actually met this criteria. So I want you to just step back for a second. And I want you to think about presence, like being present as a skill to develop, not just a state of mind. And when you think about it as a skill, it's something that you have to spend time doing. It's something that you have to practice. It's something that you will mess up on over and over and over without making it mean that you're not a good enough mom. I want you to think about this skill to develop like you would basketball. You're going to make lots and lots of shots at the basket but they might not all go in through the basket and you plan on that. It's the same thing with being present with your loved ones. But the difference is how much time are you intentionally practicing this skill? Because if you're not sure how much time you're intentionally practicing and the start and stop times of that practicing, then you're just going to stay vague and you're just going to keep beating yourself up for not being perfect in this way. So before we dive into the five steps, I want to just offer a very brief, like reframe, uh, like a way that you can reframe this thought. So let's think about this instead of trying to be present, because that almost has like this longing that you're not doing it almost like this heaviness, this desperation, this trudging feeling that I want to be more present to, I'm going to return again to this moment. Now really let that settle that when you're with the people that you love, you're going to invite yourself to return again to the moment. Now, when I say that there is like an immediate shift in my body to like a permission, a kindness, almost like a softness. 
it's like this, this space where I'm giving myself permission to falter and to mess up and that that's okay. I'm just going to reinvite myself to return again. Okay. So that's the first thing that I want you to focus on is that reframing of what's happening in your mind. Instead of saying, I want to be present. I want you to think I'm going to return again to the moment as many times as I need. Okay. So that's, that's where we're going to come from. All of these strategies. Um, think about those strategies. You think about that mindset shift as we go into these strategies. So the first step in order to be more present or to return again to the moment is I want you to notice when your mind wanders. Now, this is, again, going back to that returning to the moment, is that when you notice that you have shifted away, it's just a simple invitation of coming back. So it's kind of like, imagine you're out hiking with your kids and we, I don't actually know what they're called. We call them goat heads. They're like these really spiky things that will like get stuck in your bike tires and they are so painful if you step on them. Oh, they're awful. And I know exactly like on the trails that we're at, you have to stay on the trail because you can get go heads. So think about that for a second where say you're hiking with your kids and they start to wander off the trail a little bit. You're not going to yell at them. You're just going to be like, ah, you know, let's just come back. I don't want you to get any goat heads in your feet. Just come back to the trail. And then you start walking along and then they start to wander a little bit. And you're like, oh, come back to the trail. I don't want you to have goat heads in your feet. It's so simple. It doesn't need to be something that you're screaming at. It doesn't need to, you don't need to tell your kids that they're stupid for going off the trail. It's the same thing with your brain. As soon as you like notice it wandering off, you're like, oh, just come back to, come back to the trail. Okay. So simple. So the second step in order to be more present in your life is to follow where your eyes are. Now think about this when you are standing at the sink and you're doing dishes, your kids are sitting at the counter across from you. Maybe you've got a kid standing next to you. You're washing the dishes. Your kids are talking to you. And it's like your brain is on a totally different planet, right? Because your eyes are not looking at your kids. So when we're trying to be more present and we're returning again to these moments with the ones that we love, I want you to think about where your eyes are. The moment you pause for just a second and you look at your children in the eyes, suddenly you, it's like, you know, like you come right back to the moment. The second you look into their eyes and it only takes a brief second that immediately brings your brain back into the moment and you return again to that moment. So anytime you're starting to like wander or you're having that thought, look somebody in the eyes. Now I've mentioned this before. If it's uncomfortable for you to look people in the eyes, that's okay. (laughs) You don't necessarily have to do that. Just notice where your eyes are. And that's typically where your mind wants to go. So the third step is to give your brain problems to solve. I call this brain candy. Now I am somebody, I don't eat a lot of candy. I really like chocolate. And I know that when my body starts to crave chocolate, (laughs) I'm going to hunt it down. (laughs) I'm going to find it in all my secret hiding places in the house. I don't know if you're the same way. It's the same thing with problems. Like your brain wants to solve problems. 
So if you are sitting down playing dolls with your daughter or son, or if you're having a conversation about homework with one of your teenagers and your mind starts to wander, it's because there's nothing for it to solve right in front of you. So it will go somewhere else. It will think about something else in order to find something to solve. Now, it was really interesting. I was talking with one of my clients about this and what we were laughing about is it's not that our brain just wants to solve things. It wants to be in drama about things. So sometimes our brain will even create drama with relationships. We might accidentally pick a fight with our husband, or we might start snapping at other people, uh, like the kids in their house for not doing their chores. And we think we're being a good parent when in reality, we just want a little drama things. We just needed to spice things up a little bit. That's brain candy. Okay. That's what your brain is doing on purpose. It wants something different to think about. So it's important to give your brain problems to solve in order to be more present in your life. Now, I'm pretty intentional about the shows that I watch. Uh, I really like um, historical fiction. I really like things that give me a different perspective on life. But when I'm in a brain candy kind of spot where I know my brain just wants some drama, you better believe I'm going to watch garbage TV. (laughs) Okay. Speaking of which... Love is Blind season four, already like so much drama. (laughs) My brain's loving it. (laughs) Okay. The same thing with like, I'm always thinking about like, what's the next plant that I want to buy? Or I need a new pot for this plant. And I'm going to get giddy about going to the store and looking for that pot on this new plant that I grew. Or what about the systems in my home? And what can, how can I think about this part of my business in a different way? That's all I'm doing is creating problems for my brain to solve. I'm giving it brain candy. Okay. But what helps me in that is then when I'm in the moment with the people that I love, I have lots of things that I have thought about lots of things that I have been solving for. So it's really easy to just let that stuff go knowing I've already had my candy for the day. So the next step to be more present in your life is to breathe in the moment. And what I say by this is, you know, my older kids are getting kind of stinky because they're older, (laughs) but my little kids, this is the best way to describe it. You know, when you're like snuggling a baby or your toddlers and you're tucking them into bed and your, your nose is like right next to their head. And suddenly you just take this like deep breath in. And it's like, you just want to suck the life, like a hocus pocus kind of moment where you just want to suck the life out of your kids because they smell so good. (laughs) Okay. Clearly I don't want to suck my, the soul out of my children, but it's kind of that thing where you're like, I can't get enough of this smell. It's like so centering. And in that moment, as you're just like breathing in their head, like time stops That's a perfect way for you to be more present in your life. If you are sitting on the couch, snuggling with your spouse, I want you to breathe that moment in almost like you can just smell like his skin. Okay. Same thing. If you're driving down the road and you're wanting to engage with your kids, I want you to breathe in the moment of like, look at the beautiful sky, 
my kids always know that like, I will pull the car over to go examine the new spring buds on a tree. (laughs) Okay. That is an example of like, I'm breathing in the moment. You better believe if I see a kitten, (laughs) everything stops in order to breathe in the moment of that little kitten. Those are some of the fun ways that we can really be present in our life. And then step five um, to be more present in your life is to engage with a timer. It sounds so simple, but it goes back to what I was talking about is being present is a skill to develop. And if you're not ever giving yourself intentional time to practice this skill, then it's never going to get any better. And again, going back to that vagueness of like, I just want to be more present. (laughs) It sounds so nice and flowery without any actionable items or ways to engage and to give yourself a break of when to practice that skill. So something as simple as setting a timer and you, a lot of people do this as part of yoga or meditation where you set a timer for a specific time and you give yourself that focused amount to keep bringing your brain back. You just return again to the moment. So during this timer, what I, the way I think about this is it's almost like I I see leaves passing through the wind and each of those leaves has a different thought on it. Now, during this time when the timer is going, I'm watching the leaves come in like right into my face where I can like read the thought and then the wind blows it away. And then another leaf will come in and I read the thought on it and then it blows away. So I'm not staying like in the moment where my brain is empty, but what I am doing is returning again and allowing these thoughts to just almost pass through me. And then when the timer goes off, then I can be done and I can recognize I practiced a skill and I can see, was that easy? Was it hard? Was my, was my, you know, presence muscle getting stronger to where it was easier to let those thoughts float by, or was it harder? That all of that is going to what is, what will make the difference for you going forward. So it's not some just vague phrase that you're saying, but that you feel very intentional about it. Now, in a perfect world, we would all have time to set a timer and there would be no interruptions because our children are perfect and they'd sit outside the door and wait for us to be done very quietly. (laughs) That doesn't happen, does it? (laughs) Like, let's be clear. When I'm saying set a timer, I might be driving down the road and my kids are screaming in the back. It is the perfect time (laughs) to be practicing being mindful and returning again to the moment and watching all of the thoughts, you know, float on by. It's how I stay grounded. So give yourself permission that it doesn't have to be like the world stops and I'm going to practice the skill. We are moms. We practice skills on the go. So really give yourself that chance to practice it on the go. And knowing that in a perfect world someday, we may have five minutes of quiet. That's not the phrase, that's not the phase that we're in. So all you moms out there that do have those five minutes, you are giving us hope. All right. So that's the five steps. I'm going to review it one more time. Is it's notice when your mind wanders, follow where your eyes are, give your brain problems to solve, give it that brain candy. 
breathe in the moment and set a timer. As you do that, this is how you stay more present in your life. Now, the last thing that I wanted to just mention before we wrap up this episode is that there is an underlying theme to a lot of the coaching that I do that people will get on the call and say, my kids deserve this. And I love that thought and I'm going to challenge you on it. Of course, we love our children. We want to show up the very best for them, but you deserve this. I want you to really focus on you as an individual being worth worthy enough to have these skills for yourself, to love yourself enough to be present with who you are, not just so that you can show up better for your kids, but also so you can show up better for yourself. And that's just one of the things that I'm really passionate about. Um, We don't want to get to that place where all of our development always comes back to we're doing it for our kids, but that we're also doing it for ourselves because we're valuable human beings that are worthy of this kind of love and self-support. So there you have it. I am excited to hear how things go for you. Have a wonderful week. Thank you for listening. Please share, review, and subscribe to this podcast so that together we can live life on purpose.